Lake Church. My name is Jeremiah, one of the pastors here, and we're so excited to have you with us today as we continue our series, One Hit Wonders, as Tony mentioned earlier. And we're excited about this series because we have a handful of guest speakers with us, as, long, as well as Ryan and myself. And basically, we're sharing some of our favorite messages with you. Uh, so One Hit Wonders, even kind of a greatest hits, uh, so to speak. Uh, but today, we have a very, uh, we're very excited for our guest speaker. His name is Greg Speck, and he's all the way from San Francisco, California. And one amazing thing here, you know, we got some fans of Greg in the house. That's awesome. I never get applause when I come out here. So, uh, Greg, you're a good man. Hey, thanks, Jimmy. Uh, but Greg's been in ministry for over 35 years, doing everything from youth to marriage ministry uh, to working with adults. So we're very honored to have Greg with us here today. So please give a huge Riverway welcome to Greg Speck. Thank you. Greg, so, thank you so much. I joked earlier that Greg and I go way back. It's now about two and a half hours as opposed to one and a half hours That's earlier. Right. So we're, we're, we're right. tight now. Yes. Thank you. So happy to be with you this morning. Turn to the person on your right. Turn to the person on your right. Say to them, I'm so glad you're here this morning. I'm so glad you are here this morning. Turn to the person on your left. Say to them, your breath is minty fresh. Your breath is minty fresh. What a nice compliment, right? If somebody's in front of you, pat them on the back. Pat them on the back and say to them, this morning your hair is perfect. Perfect. That is so important. Let me pause for a second. I'll apologize to the men who have no hair right now. Turn around to the person behind you. Turn around to the person behind you. Say to them, you look just like my mom. You look just like my mom. Good old mom, absolutely. Well, I am uh, blessed with a wonderful family. Uh, Bonnie and I have been married for 41 years. I have four children that are married, five grandchildren. I have the best job in the world, and that is I get to do this. I get to travel around the world and speak. And this morning, I want to bring you phenomenal news. I want to give you a blessing from God. I want to give you a scripture verse that if it is not underlined, colored, circled, noted in your Bible, then I want to encourage you to do that because it is some wonderful promises to us and it's found in the book of Zephaniah. Zephaniah chapter 3 and verse 17. And it says this, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Now, I wish I had time this morning to unpack this entire verse, but I'm just going to hit the first three parts. Part number one, the Lord your God is with you. Can I remind you that there is a big difference in knowing about God and knowing him personally? If I asked you how many of you here know about Tom Cruise, every hand would go up. You'd be like, yeah, I've seen a Mission Impossible movie. Sure, I've seen him on TV. I've read about him. Sure, I know about Tom Cruise. If I asked you how many of you know Tom Cruise personally, not many hands would go up. Why? Because to know him personally means you have to have a face-to-face -face encounter with him. I understand this morning you know a lot about God. 
you know about Christmas and you know about Easter and you know some Bible stories and some verses and that's all wonderful. But I want to know, have you had a face-to-face encounter with him? Do you know him personally? Has there been a moment in your life where you have surrendered your life to him? See, the great news this morning is God is with you. Now, the only question is, are you with God? Are you committed to him? You know, feelings are a terrible indicator of reality, and feelings will lead you in the opposite direction you ought to go. When you're having a good day, I want you to know God is there. When you're having a hard day, a bad day, God is there. When you feel him, God is there. When you don't feel him, God is there. God says, let everybody else be unfaithful. I am faithful. The Lord your God is with you. You can count on that. You can depend upon that. Now, are you choosing to be with him? Let me ask you a couple of questions, and the answer is either yes or no, so you've got a 50% chance of getting this right. If you go home from this service and you read your Bible every day and you pray every day for the next 30 days, at the end of 30 days, will Jesus love you more than he loves you right now? Yes or no? The answer is no. If you go from this service and you never read your Bible and you never pray, At the end of 30 days, will Jesus love you less than he loves you right now? Yes or no? The answer is no. Sometimes when I tell teenagers this, teenagers look at me and they say this. Well, then, like, um, well, then, like, uh, well, then, like, I don't get it. Well, then, like, why read my Bible? Then, like, why pray? Like, I don't get it. And this is what I say to them. I do not read my Bible so that God will love me. I read my Bible because I love God. I do not pray so that God will love me. I pray because I love God. My friends, I want you to go and be with God. Not because you have to, not because you're supposed to, not because you're on a guilt trip, not because you're getting brownie points. Just do it because you love him. Just do it because you have a relationship with him. The Lord your God is with you. Number two, he is mighty to save he is mighty to save King David comes to God and he says to God look this is ridiculous I'm living in a palace you're living in a tent I want to build you a temple and God says not you David you have been a king of war your son will be a king of peace he'll build me a temple So along comes 
Solomon. And Solomon builds God a temple. And then there is a prayer of dedication. Now, if you've never read the prayer of dedication, you ought to do that. It's kind of cool. But in the midst of this prayer of dedication, and Solomon is praying this, Solomon declares something pretty amazing. It's found in the book of 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse 27. But will God really dwell on earth? The heavens, even the highest heaven, cannot contain you. How much less this temple I have built. I want you to think about this for a second. God is bigger than his creation. God is bigger than his creation. Tonight, if you get away from some of the lights and it's a clear night and you walk outside and you look up into the heavens, they say on a good night, you can see about 2,000 stars. They say that in our galaxy, there are about 100 billion stars, and they guesstimate there are between 100 and 200 billion other galaxies. Now, I don't know if you've thought about how big 100 billion is but I'm going to need a volunteer and I'm going to take this wonderful woman right here in the front praying that I wouldn't pick her yes that woman yes right there and your first name is I'm sorry Gloria yeah whatever so um I'm going to pick this lovely woman right here no wait no you don't have to come up here just wait in just a second here's what I'm going to have you do In just a second, I'm going to have you stand to your feet, and I want you to count out loud to 100 billion. And here's the deal. None of us are going to lunch till you hit 100 billion. And let's say this woman is amazing because she looks amazing. Let's say she can count 250 numbers a minute. Now, come on, that'd be flying, man. She's like, what did you understand? She's just flying through these numbers and she's going to count to 100 billion. I want you to turn to the person sitting next to you, either the person on your left or the person on your right, whoever you think has the higher IQ. Turn to that person right now. And counting 250 numbers a minute, how long do you think it would take this woman to count to 100 billion? Turn to the person next to you and guess. Go. All right, we're going to be pretty hungry because it would take her a little over 700 years to count to 100 billion. How big is God? God is bigger than his creation. If you take our sun and you hollow our sun out, they say you can drop into our sun about one million of our earths. They say there are stars out there 
that if you would hollow those stars out, you could drop into them 500 million of our sons. How big is God? God is bigger than his creation. If you could travel at 186,000 miles per second, which, by the way, is pretty fast, how long would it take you to reach the next nearest galaxy? It would take you about 1,500,000 years. How big is God? God is bigger than his creation. And I am here to say he is mighty to save. And he is mighty to save you. What's too difficult for God? What's too hard for God? What is beyond God? And the answer is absolutely nothing. Now, will you ever suffer? Yes, you will. Will you ever experience pain? Absolutely. Will there be death? Yes. But God is mighty to save you either in this life or in the life to come. Look at the edge right here of this little stand and let this end right here represent the day you're born. And let this edge over here represent the day you die. If I said, put yourself somewhere on this timeline between birth and death, where would you be? Well, a lot of us would say, come on, I'm young, man. I'm a teenager. I'm all the way back here. Some of us a little older, we'd be over here. But you know, in a group this size, can I tell you, the reality is there are some of us who are right here. Our life here on earth is just about up. And I want to suggest, hey, it'd be great to know where you're going to go to college. And it'd be wonderful to know what you're going to major in. It'd be nice to know where you're going to work. And it'd be great to know who you're going to marry. It'd be fun to know how many children, how many grandchildren you're going to have. It would be kind of comforting to know when you're going to retire and how much money and where you're going to live and on and on and on. But I want to suggest it's most important you know where you're going to spend eternity. And God is ready, willing, and able to save you. Not just to save you in this life, but to save you into eternity. And how can you be sure of that? You need to have a face-to-face -face encounter with him. You need to choose to be with God like God is choosing to be with you. He is mighty to save you, and he is also mighty to save through you. I sent out a message to uh, my teenage friends on social media, and I asked them this question. Tell me what God is doing in your life right now. And here are just some of the responses I got back. Maggie is 17 from Illinois and lives in Haiti for five weeks in the summer, helping the poorest of the poor, and she has raised $30,000 for Haiti. Jonah is 16 from Iowa. He helped a blind homeless man by buying him groceries. Lauren is 18 from Minnesota. She's in Mexico 
helping build homes for those in need. And this is what she says, quote, My heart is overjoyed as I'm preparing to take part in another adventure of a lifetime. Loving on the oppressed and bringing the hope and love of Christ to those in need. I will go wherever, whenever, and to whomever as long as it is for the glory of God. Justin is 17 years old from Nevada and he's become a worship leader who has formed a youth band to play weekly for mentally disabled children. Aaliyah is 15 from Wisconsin. She's autistic, but doesn't let that hold her back. And her goal is to tell as many people as she can about Jesus. Charity is 17 from Wisconsin. There was no real Christian presence on her high school campus, so she started a Bible study on campus. Jake is 14. He is from Stuttgart, Germany, and he's living in Maryland. He went out for the play, and he invited the students to join him for prayer before practice. This cracks me up. The teacher forbid them from praying, so that encouraged more teenagers to join in. <laughs> and now they walk across the street, pray together, and then come back for practice. Seth is 18, year old, 18 years old from California. He told his friends and classmates that life is short and he told them about Jesus. Seth's father wrote me this. He just died of cancer, and at his funeral, 30 teens came forward, stood at his casket, and asked Jesus into their lives. I read these, and I ask myself this question. What about you, Greg? What about you? What is God doing in your life? What is God doing through you? And could I just pass on that question? What about you? When's the last time you have had the living God work through you to bring joy and peace and help and his personal presence to others? When's the last time you've looked to minister? When's the last time you've said, God, whenever, wherever, as long as it's to your glory? Because I'm here to suggest, just like God is working through these teenagers, so he is ready, willing, and able to work through us. What if we just take a first step? And what if that first step is starting now, this moment, every day, we're going to perform three random acts of kindness. Every day, three random acts of kindness. Complimenting somebody, that's a random act of kindness. Opening a door for somebody, that's a random act of kindness. Looking for opportunities to give of ourselves, to build up, and to encourage others. Here's a little something you can do. Let's say you decide after church now, you're going to go out 
to eat somewhere really, really nice. So you're waiting in the drive-thru. You get up, you order. When you order, order a dessert. Drive up to the window, say to the person, take the dessert out of the bag. Because if you touch it, they can't take it back. So they'll take the dessert out of the bag. You say to them, now hand the dessert to the car behind me and just say to them, have a great day. How non-threatening is that? Come on, how easy is that? I'm on the road traveling and speaking 12 to 15 days every month. And uh, many times I'm going to eat by myself. So I'm in a restaurant somewhere eating. And I'll see a young family, or sometimes I'll see men with the military hats that say Vietnam on it or something else. And God will just lay it on my heart, and he'll just kind of say to me, buy their meal. So I'll call the waitress over, and I'll say, you see that couple right there, the older gentleman with the military hat? Wife, I want to buy their meal, but don't tell him. So she'll bring me over. I'll pay for it, I'll get back my credit card and I'll sign it. Then I'll take the receipt which just has the prices itemized on it and I'll turn it over to the back and I'll write him a little note. I don't sign it, I write him a little note and I say something like this. Thank you for serving the United States of America. Thank you for serving myself and my family. I just wanted to be a blessing to you tonight. God bless you. And then I just say to the waitress, hand this to them after I leave. Why can't you do something like that? What is preventing you from random acts of kindness? And can I tell you honestly, the only thing that prevents you from random acts of kindness is you. It's you. Lay down self. Lay down the anger. Can I say something to us who are a little older? Look around at the people who have gray hair. Look around at the people who have gray hair. Look at these people. Say to them, that is a crown of glory. Say that to them. That is a crown of glory. You know what gray hair says? Gray hair says you have wisdom. That's what gray hair is, says. Thank God for you. But for us who are a little older, can I just say something? Some of us are becoming grumpy. Some of us are becoming grumpy. Could I just ask you, in the name of Jesus, stop it. Stop it. Be loving, be caring, allow God to save through you. And if somebody asks you, why are you doing these things? Just say to them, I want to demonstrate the love of Jesus Christ to you in a practical way. He is mighty to save. Mighty to save you and mighty to save through you. Zephaniah 3.17 The Lord your God is with you. 
He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. I'm going to confess something right now. And this is not easy for me to do. And some of you are going to be so shocked. Some of you are going to be so disgusted. Some of you are going to say to yourself, I don't even understand why this church brought him in to speak. So take a deep breath, because here it comes. I don't really like small children. Now look, I'm not talking about my grandchildren, for crying out loud. They're perfect. I'm talking about your children, okay? Look, I'm just not a fan of little children. I'm sorry, I'm just not. I don't really get them. They don't really get me. Okay, they honestly, they don't really like me. I say to a little child, hi. And a lot of times it's, we just do not connect. When I speak overseas at international schools, they say to me, will you speak to middle school? Yes. Will you speak to high school? Absolutely. Will you speak to teachers? Will you speak to adults? Yes. Will you speak to elementary? No, no. No, 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 no. I just do not connect with them at all. So one day I'm sitting in my office. And by the way, I have offices around the world. So if you're ever by one of my offices, please, please come in. So I'm sitting in Starbucks and I'm working. And and the door opens and I look up and it's a woman with a small child. And I don't know the woman. I don't know the small child. I just glance at him. I look back down. I'm working. And all of a sudden, the manager walks up to me. And he and I are friends. And the woman and the small little girl is with him. So I stand up at the table. And he says to me, hey, I just want you to meet my wife and daughter. I'm like, oh. So I say to the wife, wow, nice to meet you. And I look at the little girl. And I just smile. And I say, hi. And she just stares at me. And that's it. That's it. It's over. Done. Finished. So a few days go by, and I'm back in Starbucks. And I'm working, and the door opens, and I look up, and it's the wife and the little girl again. So I wait until the woman looks at me. We make eye contact. I smile. I wave. Oh, she smiles. She waves back. And I look at the little girl, and the little girl looks at me, and I smile at her, and she goes, oh. And her eyes get really big and her mouth opens and she's hanging on to her mother's hand and she lets go of her mother's hand and she starts to run across Starbucks toward me. So immediately, I look to see who's behind me. And there's nobody behind me. And she's running toward me So I slip out of my chair and I get down on one knee and this little girl rushes into my arms. She throws her arms around my neck. She gives me this huge hug and she says to me, I've missed you so much. I'm like, oh, well, I've kind of missed you too. I mean, this is just like shock of all shocks. 
So I get up and I sit in the chair and the little girl wants to sit in my lap and she wants to just share some stuff with me and the mother comes over and she goes, come on, honey, let's go get a treat. No, no, she doesn't want to leave me. No, she wants to share a treat with me. And the mother looks at me and she goes, this is very unusual. And I say to her, you're telling me. (laughs) Every time that little girl comes into Starbucks, She is so excited to see me. She brings me little pictures. She brings me gifts. She shares food with me. She is so happy to be with me. Now listen, I have never heard the voice of God audibly, okay? I've never been in a room or out in a park or somewhere and actually heard the voice of God speaking to me. Now, some of you may have experienced that. That must be awesome. It's just never happened to me. I've just never heard the audible voice of God. But certainly there are times when I can sense him speaking to me in my mind. So one day I'm sitting and I'm doing devotion. And I'm just reading and I'm praying and, and it's like God says, remember the little girl? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. He's like, you know how excited she is to see you? And I go, yeah. And God says to me, that's how I feel about you. God doesn't just love you. God doesn't just like you. God delights in you. God runs to you. God looks forward to laughing with you and weeping with you and playing with you and speaking into your life and working in you and working through you. God delights in you. And can I remind you that he doesn't love you because you do something for him. He doesn't love you because you meet a certain expectation. When my son was first born, my oldest, Justin, and by the way, when you go through a birth, man, if that isn't a miracle of miracles, And they take this little boy and they wrap him up and he is screaming and he's crying and I'm thinking, man, I'd be doing the same thing. Going from being warm and cozy and mom to this freezing, cold operating room, bright lights, all of this stuff. And they hand this boy to me. And I grip him and I just kind of hold him kind of tight and he's crying, and I start to whisper in his ear. And I just say, Justin, I love you so much. And I'm so glad you are my son. And I'm so happy to have you. And I'm going to take care of you, and I'm going to love you and lead you. And as I'm whispering to him, he stops crying. And in that moment... I fell in love with that boy. Now let me ask you this. 
what could Justin do for me at this point? Justin can't do anything for me. All Justin does is eat and sleep and cry and wet himself. That's it. But I don't love Justin because he can do something for me. I love Justin because he's my son. Jesus doesn't love you because you do something for him. Jesus loves you because you're his child. You are his son. You are his daughter. So I don't know how you react to that, but let me tell you what my reaction is. Then my heart sings to love him and to serve him and to follow him all the days of my life. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. So live like God delights in you. Live in such a way as to love and to serve others. Can I remind you that love ought to start in our homes? Men, it ought to start by you loving your wife and loving your children. Men, when's the last time you said to your wife, I love you? Now, some men would say, what? Well, I've lived with a woman for 40 years. Doesn't that say anything? I say, yes, it says she has tremendous endurance. That's what that says. I don't care how long you've been married. You need to be saying, I love you. I love you. I love you. And women, just like you want your husband to love you, try something. Say to your husband after the service, in my right hand is love, in my left hand is respect. You can only choose one. Which would you choose? And there are a lot of men, including myself, we would choose respect over love. Women, as much as you long to hear, I love you, we as men long to hear, I believe in you. I am proud of you. You are a great man. You are an awesome man. And women, do you expect to be loved unconditionally? And the answer is yes, and rightly so. So can I just say, women, you need to respect your husbands unconditionally. You need to be speaking life into them. I want you to go from here and allow God to use you to make a difference. I'm going to close our time in prayer, but before I close our time in prayer, I just want to give you a moment to pray silently. And here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to pray and I'd like you to thank God that he is with you and thank him that he is mighty to save in and through you and thank him that he delights in you. And then I'll close our time in prayer. Let's pray.
Lord Jesus, you are awesome. Lord, I pray that if my friends do not know you, that today they might pray, that they might ask you to forgive them of their sins and might they surrender their life to you. And God, I pray you would transform them. And for us who already know you, God, wake us up spiritually. Be mighty to save through us to bring salt and to bring light to those who are in need. And God, I thank you so much for delighting in me. I thank you so much for delighting in these men and women. And I just pray that you would put your arms around them and hold them and love them. And I pray that this day they would sense your personal presence. For I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.